Hello again and welcome back to the Care Prime podcast. My name is Alina Jenkins and my guest today is Andesh Sondian. Andesh is trained and is still active as a surgeon in Stockholm, but for many years he's devoted most of his time to medical education, being a clinical teacher, director of studies in undergraduate and postgraduate education, researcher and educational leader. He's interested in the whole spectrum of medical education, but his prime focus is clinical sciences, especially workplace-based education. And he's dedicated to the understanding and improvement of uni and interprofessional workplace-based learning. Andis, welcome. Thank you. What an introduction. (laughs) There's so much going on in your life. Firstly, I'm intrigued as to where you find the time to do all of this, but where's your balance at the moment between working as as a surgeon, but also your passion for medical research? So actually, I do surgery only once a week now. So that's most of the time I dedicate my time to education, in, but in different ways, mm. very many different ways. I'm still a teacher. I love to be a teacher. But most of the time, truly, it's about leading education to do new stuff, to help others. How are you doing that? Well, I got the formal part of it that it, it's sometimes it's difficult to translate you know, the positions, but there's a position as head of undergraduate education at my hospital, which is one of the four big teaching hospitals in Sweden. And there I'm kind of, how you do that, but I'm responsible for all the courses given there in the nursery program, specialist nursery program and the medical program, basically. So I run this to others freely, help others, educate others. But then still I have my own course, which is a clerkship of surgery. And uh, that's where I'm the teacher also. Teaching how to suture, to talk to patients and so on. I wonder if you're in a really lovely position because you are teaching, you are a surgeon and you're doing medical research. So you find yourself in a place where actually what happens in the world of medical research education will impact what you do. So, so just tell me about some of your discoveries around that. Yeah, I, I really, uh, we discussed it here at KI Prime that I have really no problem to find the problems. I think as a clinical teacher, I normally have experienced some of what the community of research talk about, really. I, I really see my, you know, see the problems and And uh, when I see the problem, sometimes I go to the literature, but sometimes there's no literature on that. And then I try to do research. But so that's where I am. And also people come to me with a problem, you know, it it might not be in my course. So yes, I, I enjoy it. What's also important is that I really have the possibility if I want to do something, I can apply it. Might be my research, might be others. So I can really affect something. Then it's only on the course level or maybe on some courses, but still, I have the link back Mm. also to what happens in med school. And I love that. 
So we said at the beginning that your your prime focus is clinical sciences. Yeah. So let's delve into that a little bit more. What's some of the research you've been doing in that area? Actually, it started many, many years ago, and I didn't really look upon it as medical education research. I just, I, I started a course for resident surgeon, and it was back then in bedside ultrasound, and we evaluated the effect of it on patient care. So if you read these papers, you will find them in, in magazines that's focusing on surgical outcomes and so on, but basically it's about the course and how it affected how we take care of people seeking the hospital with abdominal pain. And what does the effect of this course, of the addressing doctors knowing the new skill, not only palpating, but also seeing. So we did a big study on that, how it affects resources, how it affects learning, how it affects their behavior and so on. So this is really my first chapter of medical education research. What I'm currently doing is more about examining how team training, interprofessional team training are set up at the hospital. This is one of my passions right now. And we try to make it more authentic because it's been a problem. We take, try to make the supervision more effective because there's been tension between different professions. And there's not so much to read about that in the literature. So we try to explore that area. And I think I will be able to deep further into this because interprofessional education, everyone, it's been trendy for some years. It's not as trendy now, but it's still there. People needs to be able to collaborate. And we need to know more how to, how students can learn how to do that. But this again was something that I saw as a, leader of clinical learning and I want to do something about it. So it's, I think it's important to be there yeah, and it gives me something. Yeah. It, it's something we've, we've actually already spoken about um, over the last couple of days whilst we've been here at, at KI. And I think there are other people dipping into this. I think as you, you just started to sort of suggest there, there are still many challenges around that interprofessional communication. If we, if we took it out of medical education and applied it into business, you could almost say it's like the power gradient is, is, that, is that flow of communication going as easily yeah. from the bottom to the top yeah. as it does from the top to the bottom? Yeah. So how can you perhaps begin to overcome some of those challenges? I mean, that's actually, that's the meaning of, the, the first thing about interpersonal education is to understand what the other person do. Mm. You know, what, what, what do I gain from mm. this? You know, and, and the second part is, you know, how I, when you do that, you start to appreciate them. And when you get to learn persons, you know, from, a, you appreciate that, you know, it's, it's a personal thing, but it's also about the thought about it is that if you learn to like this nurse or physiotherapist as a person or, and for what they do, you will be a bit better collaborator when you meet another nurse. Mm. And it's been proven that it works a little bit like that, but it needs more research Yeah, and it needs more, you know. We, we ha I think we have to talk about it more again. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been a struggle to set up special interprofessional education learning activities and so on. It's a lot about logistics, power, mm -hmm. as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. But I think it's, uh, well, I see it as my thing to lift it up, yeah. to make it better. An important bit around that is empathy yeah. as well. Yeah. And some people are naturally very good at that. Some people it's... 
<laughs> not their thing. Uh, is that something that you're looking at? It is. It's, it's a, but I think it haven't been a lot of problem, I think, where I am at my unit. And, and I don't see that the, it's not a thing that I really have been focusing on empathy mm. there. Um, but more about respect and uh, to understand, because it's um, sometimes these units are more about you have to do that, you have to do that, you have to be able to do that. But I think it's more. I cannot really explain this in English. It's difficult. But um, there've been tensions about not only the students, different students, levels of students, different professions, but also between supervisors and students. It tends that sometimes the nursing student, they don't really respect the medical doctor supervisor and vice versa. And the lack of knowledge about another profession disrupts, it destroys the learning. And uh, that's what, what I'm going into. What happens next? What what are you hoping to achieve in the in the next few years? And where do you see this research leading you and your team? I mean, I, I think it's a difficult question. We're here to really have uh, get our path forward, but but you know to see what we're going to do. I I will everything I do will be connected to improve clinical teaching. But there's a lot of factors. Mm. Interprofessional research will be one uh, to get space different spaces for learning i think i mentioned it before it is you know to because we have problems healthcare is going to be more effective we have to and the students still need to learn and to find that safe space for learning it may be in professional learning it may be professional learning but to set the stage for learning at the same time as we make healthcare more effective it's a challenge mm. but to, if I can influence factors by my research or by my way how to run the courses, it's, it's, I would love it, you know, and, and, and that's really what I'm passionate about. But it's about tweaking a lot of factors. It's not one, it's not only professional learning, it's going to be more, but it's going to be clinical learning. When you say spaces... Do you I, mean physical spaces, no, mental no, spaces, no. environment? I, I, mean, I mean, I mean, really... When I say spaces, I mean physical spaces, yes, but it's more about finding the time and the space for learning. To sit down, to focus on feedback, to give the student the opportunity to actually communicate with the patient. Everyone is staying, standing behind there. Mm -hmm. need to be fast, but, you know, to take that time to, you know, summon up the week, it, it, it's, it's a lot, you know, it's, it's about physical spaces, but mostly I talk about time. Time is crucial and they need to be able to reflect. They need to be able to really see the patient, not only as a disease, but a, a person. And, and that takes time. That is perhaps the biggest challenge. Again, we've been talking about this over the last few days is that all of these things that we want to do take time to understand each other, to communicate well, to show empathy, to listen all takes time and as we just said at the beginning you're really busy that will be replicated further down I, I mean any thoughts on on how we start to do that to give ourselves more space more time what what I do anyway and and what I think we I think the university 
the context is different in, in different country, countries, but here the healthcare system and the university, they are, they are two bodies and they have to work together. And, and I really, really need, want them to work together and really see that, I mean, they both need each other. We need it to be able to educate our medical students or nursery students, but they also need us to get new employees, new good employees. Mm-hmm. And if we want to optimize or make clinical teaching learning better or really, really, really good, we have to do it together. So the university cannot do it by themselves. They need to be able to influence how healthcare is run. And that's also something I do, not perhaps in my research, but I try to do it by speaking up my voice in different you know, bodies or whatever you call it, where, where these decisions are made. Because we cannot forget the student when we organize healthcare. And I'm also there. And, and as you said at the, at the beginning, is, is, is asking you know, where your balance is at the moment between teaching, between surgery, between medical research. Do you think you'll keep that balance? Moving forward, yeah, I think so. I try. I will. I what I'm doing right now is trying to expand a little bit of the research mm-hmm. and go more into medical research and and find my identity there. To say, I think I have my identity in clinical teaching and learning yet, mm-hmm. but still looking for my who am I when mm-hmm. it comes to uh, medical education research. And and that's that's something that I know you've been talking about over. The last couple of days here at the the fellowship program yeah. 2023 at, at KI. So I've been asking everybody the same question. What, what does it mean for you to be here? How do you think it will help you in the future? It's it gives me ideas how to do things. It's it's a it's a stimuli, you know, to go on, to go further, to expand ideas, hear what people, you know, what they see in the future problems they see now and the problems they see in the future and what they want to do. And that's, that's really, really what uh, gets me going. I really, really love it and enjoy it. And, and to be among these people that's really, really passionate about what they do, it's fantastic. And I learn a lot. A final thought as well. We, we sometimes talk about mentorship and the importance of mm. mentorship. And if you think about where you are today, mm. um, are there some people that come to your mind to think, yes, you know, I... They really helped me achieve what I wanted to do. I mean, this one person, Professor Sarah Ponser at my hospital, she really, really helped me a lot, you know, pushed me from, you know, you should go to that conference or you should take on this position or whatever. Go for it. Just really, really be it helpful in mm. the back. Now I, I run one part and she would run one part, but, you know, she really helped me before. And also, she was on the very first episode of the KR Prime podcast. Yeah. So yeah. I've had I've had both of you. Um, Anders, thank you so much for speaking with me. All the best in the future. And thank you to everybody at home for listening. We will be back very soon with another episode of the KR Prime podcast. For now, goodbye. Bye.